Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. Everyone's Ben. I just wanted to do this quick bumper before the main podcast. Uh, one to say thank you to everyone who listened to last week's podcast. The 420 episode got a lot of good feedback. Uh, apparently a certain Roxy Allen enjoyed the drops, which makes me smile. And also, if you want to follow this podcast on any social media, go to Twitter is Biff Radio. Instagram is Biff Radio One. Uh, we also have a new TikTok. It is Biff underscore radio on TikTok for this podcast. If you want to follow me personally, I'm at Band Ben SC on Twitter and at Center Club on TikTok. Also, we are a proud member of the Jabroni U Network. Go to jabroniu.com where you can find out information about my podcast, Biff Radio, Why Do We Ever Meet, The Draft Pod, Flow and Tell. New Jabroni Pro Wrestling and Locals Barbershop. That way you can also go to our Thudless store and buy our merch. And I just want to say that this was an awesome interview. Uh, other interviewers might be a little more subdued when they know that they're having a good interview. I am built different and I am not that guy. So it was a great interview. Had so much fun with Isaac Hunter. And uh, I, I truly, I say that at the end of the podcast, but I truly mean it. I hope he comes on. Uh, back real soon. All right, everyone, thank you so much and enjoy the interview. Now, let's go to Mr. Kevin Aldridge with that theme song. And on that note, we cue the music. Biff, 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 all right. Let's settle in. Straight from the attic, it's a buddy bin. Biff, radio's about to begin. Traffic's crawling on the 401, and I don't know what to do. I'm going to Kitchener, Waterloo. Thinking back to walks down King Street, weekends spent for hours on my feet. In Victoria Park, the skies seem awfully blue. I'm going to Kitchener, Waterloo. All right, and welcome back to Biff Radio. So that was the music of our guest today. Uh, so I'm actually, I usually try to type up uh, an intro, but I think this person's Twitter bio, I think really nails it. And so I am going to use that. So today's guest is a composer, conductor, music nerd. Uh, Isaac Hunter Page for all things uh, Western art, art music. Reading is hard today. Isaac Hunter for all things singer songwriter. Black Lives Matter. He him. Um, he is a, a artist that I found through the power of TikTok. I love TikTok. You are another artist that I have found through TikTok, and that is it makes me so happy to find uh, artists from that that forum. Uh, independent artist. Uh, he has a master's degree, if I, if I remember correctly from one of your TikToks, in, in music. Um, just a great musician, as we just heard. Uh, a musician that I've really d- been digging. Lots of uh, heavy ro- uh, rotation in my playlist. So please welcome to the podcast, and thank you for coming on the podcast, Isaac Hunter. 
Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's it's just it's so I love that like TikTok and social media, you know, finding all these artists like I found, you know, former guest Nerdy, Flying Raccoon Suit and all these 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 folks and it's just it's a such a way to put out your music and get that, that reach out and it's just um, yeah, I mean, and it's someone who is, you know, you know, right now you're, you know, you're ever growing social media presence. That's gotta be, that's gotta be nice to like, you know, people are discovering your music and, you know, really starting to dig it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, it's mesmerizing and exciting and terrifying all at once. Uh, I've found so many amazing artists through TikTok and through other social media and social media growing up was never something I took too seriously. I, I took a class, as you mentioned, I, I did my master's in, in uh, music. I got a master's in orchestral conducting and social media is just not as stressed or emphasized in that. So once I joined TikTok, I didn't really have any pressure behind it. Started just doing what I wanted and it's taken off in, in the best way possible. Definitely. So I guess like I, so I was a, I was a band geek. Uh, I love, I, I you know, was in, in band and orchestra. Uh, funny story. I was actually, I was in orchestra in elementary. I was asked to leave the orchestra because I didn't practice my viola. Um, <laughs> I'm a so violist as well. And I know the feeling after, uh, after one of the concerts, the teacher's like, you know what? I think Ben has other opportunities elsewhere creatively, which was a really <laughs> nice way of saying you're terrible. Please don't come back. Um, but I found, I found the trumpet and I, I love, I love uh, orchestral music. My wife's actually in um, a choir, um, here in town. I mean, obviously they haven't had any performances, uh, since 2019. Um, but they do, uh, every like, Christmas they do handle. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just, I, it's just a, such a, it's a style of music that I, it's not my first go-to, but I just, I absolutely love it. And I, I, I that's why I, I, when I work like from nine to five, that's all I'm listening to is Sirius XM symphony hall. Mm-hmm. So like, what about that? I mean, kind of drew you to that, 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 that music. There's so much going on and you can take four bars of music and you could, as I've seen many times, you could write an entire book on just four bars of a Mozart symphony or Mozart opera, or in the case of the Beethoven's fifth symphony, you could write a book on the first four notes. Uh, There actually is a book called that called uh, about that called the first four notes. And the, uh, that amount of detail really fascinated me. And also just like the communal aspect of it, I think as, as you've experienced and um, being able to be part of a group work, you know, months on end or weeks on, you know, however many rehearsals you're going to get towards one collective goal. And that's also what kind of drew me towards uh, uh, composing and towards conducting. Um, also the the aspects of being in charge. I, I like that, but we're not going to talk about that too much. <laughs> uh, the control freak nature. Um, but being able to like steer the ship and encourage others and lift everyone up towards one um, completed goal is yeah. something that really drew me to it. Like the, the trust you have to have in the conductor, like that, that person holds so much power because <laughs> I've, I mean, luckily like my music teachers in high school were at, outstanding and I, I love them to death, but I have seen other conductors and other music teachers and people in that responsibility that were not great. And especially like, like they weren't good at trust. They were, they, the control side was more of like, there was an iron fist of like, you will do yeah. everything. And you have to have that to an extent, but 
like end of the day, like this should be a creative endeavor where everyone's working towards that, that goal. Not like you will do what I say, or I will crush you like a bug. Yeah. I I've experienced a lot of that before and it's, it's never something that's driven me to succeed. I, I try my best not to come across that way when I'm on the podium. And I think I'm pretty successful at that. I, I remember once, um, I heard a teacher, a teacher of mine, uh, uh, name is Jessica Kuhn. She was my first conducting teacher. Um, she said to me, sometimes an ensemble plays great in spite of the conductor. Yes. Like the conductor can either get greatness from the ensemble through encouragement or through sh- just sheer frustration. Yeah. And it's no, I, and I've definitely, I've, I've witnessed that. And I mean, I've been lucky to see really good, uh, amazing orchestras uh, here in Cleveland where, where I'm, Oh, I love the Cleveland Orchestra. They're they're fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. Going to Severance Hall is it's a beautiful hall, and I've, we've been so lucky to go there uh, a number of times. And it just it's there's something about going to that kind of that concert that is an experience unlike going to like a rock show or a ska show or any kind of show. That is just you get lost. It is especially if they're really really good. You just absolutely lose yourself in that and time just kind of goes away. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Cleveland orchestra is one of the best. I, uh, what was it? Two, uh, 20 November, 2018, um, or around American Thanksgiving. Uh, I, my, my mom and was it American Thanksgiving or was, I think it was, I think it was that weekend, November, my mom and my brothers came down to visit me and I was, uh, I did my master's at Bowling Green State. Oh, nice. So, so I'm just down the road essentially. Yeah. Uh, so we did two, we did, you know, a two day weekend in, in Cleveland and, uh, saw, saw the uh, Cleveland orchestra do Mahler's second symphony sitting way up in the nosebleeds of Severance Hall and, that was such a power. I mean, it sounds amazing in there yeah. and it was such a uh, intense performance that by the end of it, I was in tears. Um, one of my favorite works of all time as well. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like that side of Cleveland, like, so um, there's the Cleveland is split down the middle. There's a West side yeah. and East side and I'm on the West side, but the severance hall and it, like the area is amazing. There's the, the, the museums over there, the art museum, which I love the art museum and that like the, when my uh, my wife and I got married in 2016, a bunch of her friends came from out of town from Boston, and they were like trying to find things to do while they were here. And they went to our art museum, and they said very offhandedly that something we say to this day, like Cleveland has an art museum, um, inexplicably a really fantastic art museum. It, it is, it really is amazing. But then, like you like have Severance Hall, that is just, you know, when people think of Cleveland, they don't think of one of the greatest orchestras and one of the greatest music venues. But uh, it's it's just fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the same thing can be said. Um, I mean, not, not, or I mean, the, the orchestra is great. Don't get me wrong, but I was thinking about Toledo and the Toledo art museum is one of the, like, the best I've ever been to. Oh yes. Definitely. And my mom as well, like she came, she went and she's like, Toledo art museum is surprisingly good. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Cause it was free. You thought it would be bad. Like, no, they've got everything you want. And it's free. <laughs> and, they, and that's, I mean, I love Toledo and like I have, I have friends over in Toledo. It's not a city that, again, like a, a city that you equate like high art to, but also they have an amazing uh, amphitheater in their, um, their zoo. 
and my wife got me tickets a couple of years ago. We saw the Avett brothers play there. Oh, and wow. Yeah. It was, I mean, I love the Avett brothers that they're absolutely fantastic. But like, but it was just such a, a an interesting setting that we were two like, I believe they were elk that were off to, to the left of the stage. And they were like, I'm thinking like, well, as soon as they like, they plug into guitar, they're going to run away. Nope. They sat down and watched the show. They're like, this, awesome. this is old hat for us. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. They're used to it by then. Oh Yeah. So, I mean, like, again, like you are obviously a composer very, you know, in, you know, that world, but you're also obviously a singer songwriter. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, from us talking, we, we've kind of you know, this love of singer songwriters. And so that's the playlist we're going to build today of mm-hmm. singer songwriters that are, are maybe unsung that maybe need, you know, more people should know about. Obviously I put you on that list, but we've, we've compiled, you know, our own picks. So why don't you go first? Why don't we start off this playlist with who you have first of singer songwriters that people need to get more eye or well, ears on um, when it comes to listening. Right. Uh, well, it was hard for me to come up with names for this because, you know, part of me, the, the voice in the back of my head says like, you need to find the most obscure names on your list. And, um, you know, you need to show your real songwriter cred. You're you're in tune with what's going on in the world, and I'm I'm not truthfully. Uh, so I, I went for a broad range of of singer songwriters uh, that I feel need need more attention, even if they've uh, already gotten quite a bit. Just people that I think deserve more, and people that everyone that I've on my list is someone that I look up to immensely. Um, now that being said, the first name that I gave you is truly an unknown uh his name's Emmett Glancy and he's he's a very good friend of mine we went to uh our our went to Laurier together where we did our our undergraduate degrees worked together a lot there in in classical contexts uh he's also a composer I would conduct his works we'd play in each other's works all the time and his music I think is really understated he's an incredible producer and uh I find that like he has a, a knack for melody and it just gets stuck in my head. His, his melodies are true earworms and I'll find myself like not having listened to something in maybe weeks or months. And I start humming it to myself. That's awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. So um, what I'm going to play here. You, you gave me, so we have Emmett Glancy uh, with his song, wake up. We'll be right back. listen to the, the the picks that my guests have before I like to listen to it mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, and I really like that. Like, I just, I love his voice. 
right? Yeah, he's he's got an incredibly uh, intimate voice to him. I've heard him do, go all out. We were in a acapella group together, uh, which I think says far too much about both of us. <laughs> um, but he's a great acapella arranger, and he would do these kick-ass solos. Um, and just go for part. Like he's a you know he's got a really great bass voice, but he'll just go and do a high tenor part because he can, and he just does it better than I can. Or like uh, he's shown me up in in concert and rehearsals so many times. I hate him and I love him. I just like the the first comparison, and not that I want to compare it to anyone day one, but like um, Pink Moon. Yeah, um, I can't, and of course the, the singers is my mind is is completely blank on that, but um, yeah, is that Nick Drake, Nick Drake, yes, Nick Drake. That like I get that very similar vibe mm-hmm. of, of that that bass voice that just sounds it's a, like that's the kind of music that like I have a kind of a running playlist of of fall songs. I would listen mm-hmm. to that and like have the beautiful trees outside and a, a warm like cup of, of Joe or a uh, cider. And it's just, Oh, that's really good. I'm, uh, I'm going to be listening to a lot of that. Cause I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, and I know he's got another EP coming out. I think May 7th awesome. is when his next release is, And I'm looking forward to that. So now you, you mentioned the acapella group. Yes. Did you have a punny name? Yes, we did. Um, it, they're still around. Okay. Uh, so I went to a, a university called Wilfrid Laurier, and the mascot was the Golden Hawks. We are the Laurier Golden Hawks. So as, as it would be, the acapella group was called Hawkapella. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. To, to quote a friend of the podcast, uh, that, that's French kiss. That's just, <laughs> that's fantastic. I, I love that. I love a good pun. And I yeah. love a good acapella pun name. Yeah. Uh, this house is a big fans of back in when a show that I wish they would bring back when Ben folds uh, had an acapella show. It was uh, oh, the, yeah. the singing bee. I believe it was. Mm. Oh, love that show. But so I will definitely. And I, again, all, all these uh, um, picks will be on our, the, the playlist that I put out, but definitely more to the, of that to come. Uh, so my first pick is when I, in 2004, I moved from San Jose, California, where I'd been for a couple of years after high school, and I for temporarily moved to Memphis, Tennessee. Bit of a culture shock, going from Northern California to Memphis, Tennessee. But uh, right around, actually, this time uh, you know, of year in April, I went and saw a Michelle Branch concert, because I was a really big Michelle Branch fan. And she found some local artists to open up for her, and one of the local artists was a, a gentleman named Joe Firstman. Um, who is currently in a band called the Cordovas and they're really, really good, but he played, he was the, the opener and a lot of people were still shuffling in. I have the need to be everywhere early, like super early. So I was like one of like the 10 people in the crowd at the time and he had put out an EP and I just love his voice and his music to me is, especially on this EP, uh, Wives Tale is very, you can tell that there's lots of pain, but that there's so much beauty in that pain. And I, I really, a lot of these songs resonate with me. Um, this song, not as much because I have not been divorced and hopefully never will be um, putting that out in the universe. But uh, this song, I just absolutely love. And he's just, um, his, song, his music is 
one of my go-to when I'm sad. Cause I am the kind of person I like, I like to like lean into the sadness when I'm sad mm. with sad music. It helps me correct and kind of bounce back. So here is his song. Rest my case. Here is Joe Firstman. a big fan of mr first one that was that was awesome i want to i want to check out more of stuff yeah stuff. um like, like they just he just put that ep on on streaming a couple of i think it was a year or so ago and i, I had it was the one of the last cds that i have uh even though my new car doesn't have a cd player which is still a weird thing to me like mm-hmm. I have a book of CDs. I'm like, oh yeah, I have nowhere to play that. Because <laughs> like, other than like my Xbox, like I have, yeah. I just don't do that anymore, which is a weird, weird thing. Um, so now I want to play actually a little bit more of your music, um, because unlike uh, the, the picks that you sent me, I've been listening to a lot of your music. Oh, uh, I appreciate so, that. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And also, I will put out that um, yes, while while uh, you know Isaac's music is streaming, it's also on Bandcamp. And we are a big proponent on this podcast of streaming is great, Bandcamp is better. Own the music, then you can stream music. And stream the music too, do both, but also own the music. Because when you own the music, especially if you do it the first Friday of every month, the artist gets all of the money. And we like that. We like to see all the artists get all of the money. So uh, please, 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 with all these artists, that if they have a Bandcamp, Please support them, but definitely support Isaac's Bandcamp. So this next song I really like, it was it's from the, the same EP as the last song. It is called The Best Is Yet To Come. I could be like Orson Welles, maybe peak at 25. I could be like Jacques Cousteau, if I weren't afraid to dive. Being underwater. Coming up for air The best is yet to come 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 I could be like John McRae, maybe watch those poppies blow. I could be like Gustav Holst, planets might be all you know. In the bleak midwinter, band suites one and two. 
could be a printer. So now you do all the the music. You do all the instruments on your on your music, correct? Yes, for the most part. Um, on that on the first EP, there's a lot of uh, of drums, and that's all just the Logic um, uh, Smart Drummer. Nice. Um, which uh, with yeah, a little bit of tweaking and it uh, it's it sounds convincing, and I it's still weird to me that it was all programmed, but that's what technology can do now. And, and that's awesome. I, I mean, yeah. I remember, you know, when I was younger, like a drum machine, like you, you knew it was a drum machine like that. You, you really wouldn't know. You would yeah. think like, Oh, that's just, you know, it's, it's a, a regular drummer person. Yeah. Every, everything else I play though. Awesome. So I mean, like when it comes to like to your, so like that song, and when it comes to like that, that first, you know, you know putting out an EP, like what was that? I guess, when you get ready to do that, like when you're thinking, okay, I want to like write these songs as someone who has no musical talent whatsoever, like zip, like, I guess, what is that? Like, I guess, what is that like? I mean, it's just a basic question, but like, what is that like to, to write, perform, and then put out an EP? Well, it's changed for me. The first one was just all fun. It was me. Like, you know, um, as we talked about, I got my master's in conducting, I had been entrenched in classical music for the last six years and was gearing up for a pretty serious conducting career. Not that serious things were happening, but I was preparing to be serious. Um, and then I graduated in May of 2020. So there were no orchestras to conduct, no opportunities, all that evaporated into thin air. And, um, you know, stuck in my uh, Bowling Green basement apartment picked up my guitar again, started writing songs. Um, I, I used to do it a lot in high school uh, and then kind of gave it up as I got serious about classical music. And so the first EP was just, hey, I've I've been having a lot of fun doing this thing. I have the chance to record. I was at my dad's house um, for a couple weeks in between leaving Bowling Green and going up to Toronto. I stopped over at his place in Syracuse and uh, we, he has a good recording. He has a really nice recording setup in his basement. So I recorded the EP there with his help. And um, I just kind of, we, I put it out last August, just more as like a, Hey, I did this thing. I'm kind of proud of it. Like this is, this is just like a, you know, fun little diversion from what my career is going to be. And then here we are in April and I post on TikTok regularly and I, my second DP, which was much more terrifying. It was much more like, okay, I think I'm actually taking a step into this being my, at least a, a section of my career. I, this might be a, a path I pursue. So the second DP was a lot more just in this room, in the room that I'm currently in, small bedroom, all into my one microphone, uh, and really trying, trying my best to do something on like a much smaller um infrastructure musical infrastructure and that was much more terrifying that was much more like okay i'm actually putting out my putting myself out here out there now so like when you you you, you know after you, everything's mixed mastered everything and yeah. you you push it out to you know Bandcamp and all those i mean like what's that like that initial like as soon as you hit enter or send like, like what feeling do you have? i mean is that feeling of like okay it's out there it's done it's like there's no more that can be done or is it like oh god why <laughs> It, it starts with like the first time you, the first, I'd say 72 hours is excitement. It's done. It's out there. People are going to listen to it. 
Um, cause there's, there's usually, if you do it right, like you put it up and you get it ready to release and then you wait two weeks. And then by the time that the release is actually out, I don't want to listen to the song anymore. I don't want to think about it. I'd like, I can't, cause I like if someone, someone's going to listen to it and hate it and that's going to destroy me. <laughs> yeah. That's just, gonna, I'm going to have to give it all up. I've gotten better with that. I've gotten much, much more secure in it and understanding like, no, someone's going to hate it. Someone's not going to like it. Someone's going to be indifferent, but on the same spectrum, there are going to be people that love that. And you just got to choose what you're going to focus on. Yeah. Oh, I mean like putting out a podcast nowhere near the same scale. Like I'm not even going to pretend that that's the same scale, but I mean, like you, you put your heart into something and then you just hope the people that are meant to find it, find it. And you hope the people that find it that shouldn't have found it or, you know, aren't going to like it, just ignore it. Like if you don't like it, just ignore it. Don't, don't be a, a hater or a troll or leave a bad review. Just like, okay, not for me. Yeah. Move on. Yeah, exactly. And 95% of the time, that's what happens. If someone doesn't like it, they just move on. The, to, to continue on, one other thing I thought of is, um, or that just came to me, is that there was a difference between putting stuff out as a classical musician and a composer and putting things out as a singer-songwriter. And that's just that's really just people have more patience and more understanding of a three-minute song as opposed to my 10 minute atonal flute work or my 40 minute requiem or whatever I write. Um, I love those pieces, but I'm going to get a stronger reaction from the three minute nostalgic self-deprecating song than I've ever gotten on anything else I've done. Like, do you ever see yourself releasing like, and this might be a weird thing to do, like an album of like a mixture of like your, your both passions, like a kind of like a, like a concept. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I actually, it's a a complete dream of mine right now. And like, I would, I know exactly what I would call it and all that fun stuff is, you know, as I've, so like, as we mentioned in the, as in the intro, like I've done all my, full name is Isaac Hunter page. And I would just release it as that. Um, sorry. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you, I, you, froze, fro- you froze for like a, like a quick second. I was expecting that. Okay. My internet's a little shoddy sometimes, but uh, yeah, I would, I have the two realms of Isaac page is classical. Isaac Hunter is a singer songwriter. Isaac Hunter page is myself. And I think it would be great to just start releasing stuff as Isaac Hunter page where I can do both. That's really cool. So far I have, I have the ability to do either or so doing both until I can eventually do both. And I think that that's, that's smart. I mean, obviously right now it, like you, like, it is harder to do, you know, the more classical side of things. Cause again, it's just you right now, but as, as things open up and as things get, get better, like I think that'd be really cool. I think that would be something that like, it would definitely, it would be a niche, but I think it would be a bigger niche than a lot of people think because I, I love, a, like, again, I make a show about playlists. I like random music. I like to go from one extreme to the other and going from like, you know, a, a you know, a symphony to a three minute song about, you know, heartbreak. Yeah. I'm there. That's, that's like, that's tailor made for someone like me. So I'm pushing for this. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, I mean, that's what classical music is in, in a lot of regards is, you know, either a three minute song about heartbreak or an 11 minute song about heartbreak, but they're 
a snob's going to tell you that it's called a piece. Um, <laughs> true, true. Yeah. All right. So your next song, um, I listened. I, I I did bring my rule and listened to a little bit of it on the way home. I really liked it. So I guess tell us about Winter Song. All right, and and that's actually. Gabriel Kahane is one of my all-time favorite uh, musicians. Um, he is a huge inspiration for me and and uh, really flipped the switch because he does a lot of what we were just talking about. He does a lot of um, switching between singer-songwriter singer music and classical composition. Um, and Winter Song I'd heard before, but I didn't really connect with it until I did a project on a, a string orchestra piece he wrote called Freight and Salvage. Unfortunately, you can't find a recording of it. I've tried, but I, I got an orchestra together and I conducted the, the, the piece. And it's a 11 minute uh, fantasy on winter song. He takes a couple snippets of the song and just stretches them out into something completely different and then puts it all back together at the end. Um, and so since then, that's, this song has been has been a special thing for me. It reminds me of, you know, that time that I achieved something pretty pretty big for myself, putting this orchestra together, assembling this piece, which is not easy. And then also just the lyrics hit me. It's it's um, it, it's just such an intimate song. The production is incredible. I love the way he sings it. There's such wonderful phrasing and lilting in his lines. Um, and it's just, it just, it's a song that kind of sticks with me. It's, it's, uh, and, and a lot of his other music. It's, I, I, I there's so, so much I want to say and so few words to say it. I, I completely understand that, that I definitely have artists that I enjoy that I, I completely understand that emotion. So here we go. Here is Winter Song. so pretty i mean right. it's uh, i'm sure there are more elegant ways to say it but like it's just so pretty it's just a pretty yeah. piece of music absolutely it's it's uh you know those those flutes are so amazing when they come in they just take me to a whole other world oh it's just i mean and it's like it's unexpected because you don't you know you hear a lot of flutes and, and it, it's just but it, it fits and it fits so well it doesn't feel like 
you know, it's there because, you know, for the sake of, oh, this is different. Oh, it just, yeah. and like, you just hearing that little bit, like imagining what that full 11 minute piece was like, oh, that, like that, that gets the kind of the chills. Cause like, I can just imagine yeah. like with that freedom of like what, what that kind of mind could bring and what could that, you know, the twists and turns that could take. And that's, that's what I mean. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons I love music is that you have these people that are like, I honestly, and it might sound like a silly thing to say, but like, I honestly feel like people that are amazing musicians, they are a type of wizard. They are a type of mm. have this because the magic that music has given me and so many other people, it, it truly is a magic because it's a skill that I don't understand. Like I understand the fundamentals of like, you write a song, you write the music, but like I, I've tried to write lyrics when I was younger and they were God awful, but like, and, but just like there are, when you have like, you know, the idea of a song to making a song to like the song coming together, like that's a magic that I just, I've seen the, how the trick is done and I still don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, uh, it's something I'm still discovering uh, for myself. Like there are, there are pieces I've written songs I've written where I will look back at it and think, how did I do that? Like, or, you know, I'll, li I'll listen to some pieces and just, or some songs and I get hit with such like a, you know, emotional sucker punch that I find myself like, I'm listening to it kind of absently on the highway or something and I'll just start sobbing. And I'm like, this is, a, they should put a, a warning label on this song. Uh, it happened to me the other day with, uh, I was listening to the Weaker Thans and just started crying while I was driving my car. I'm like, how, how can someone do that? How can someone just suddenly have me in the palm of their hand? Yeah. It's, in, it's incredible. It is. I mean, it, it is a skill that like, that's, I mean, there are a number of musicians that are like that in my life that like, I can't listen to those songs. Like I, I love them, but like, I just know like I have to be one. I can't be driving. Cause like, whew, they're like, especially like my, my father passed last year and then there are just some songs, uh, Avett Brothers, Murder in the City. Can't listen to it while I'm driving. Absolutely, mm. like, that is a hazard. That is a, like, that will, uh, and like, but I love those songs. And it's just like, but then I have, you know, I have told playlists of like, this mood. I want to be in this mood. This song will put me in that mood. And I just, that's where I think it's, it's a magical thing. Because I can listen to a song a million times. And there are so many songs I've listened to a million times. But every time. I discovered something new and it's just, yeah. ah. that that's the best thing right there is being able to look at, like go back to the same piece of art a million times. And every time you listen to it, there's something new that happened to me just now with the Gabriel Kahane piece uh, song. And it happens to me when I'm listening to Mahler or Bruckner or Beethoven or Mozart, like there's levels to it. You can unpack every little detail. Great artists have a little detail in everything. Then they really do. And that's um, it actually really works out really well to um, my next pick. So my next pick is actually a, a personal friend. He's actually more of a friend of my, of my wife's, but he became a friend of myself. Um, the, he goes by the name, the Saturday giant. Uh, his name is Phil. He's a really good guy. He's a really nice guy. Uh, and I've got, when we were, when we were living in uh, Chicago, we got to see him play. He's a one man band. He does everything. And it just, I really love his music. He's also in a, uh, the band called the Pinkertons, sorry, the Pinkertones, where they only do the first two albums of Weezer, <laughs> and it's they they open and close the show with "My Name Is Jonas," 
And the last time we saw them was like it was this little dirty bar in in Lakewood where I live called May Halls. And like I had one too many P- PBRs. And that la- that second time of Jonas, oh boy, I was just like <laughs> I was replay. I was still uh, I was re- reclaiming like my early you know early twenties late teens. I'm like, but I read Jonas. I was great. Oh God, I don't think I heard correctly for a week because I we're standing right by the. <laughs> The massive speakers, but it was great. It was like, I am in my mid thirties and I am a God. And it was, uh, I can't, I, I do miss concerts. I miss yeah. those kind of concerts. And, uh, but uh, this is a song from his EP he has out. Um, actually full length album. Uh, so here is the Saturday giant with downer. when we first went to go see him, I hadn't met him yet. And she was telling me, Oh, he was a college friend and he, we lived together at one point with a bunch of other people. And, and then I saw him play. And also he's a quite a handsome man. And like, this was early in our relationship. I'm like, do I got to be worried about this guy? Like he's super good looking, super talented. Like I don't, I can't compete with this. And like, luckily he's a really nice guy. Um, and not my wife's type at all. Um, for, I love Phil to death, but yeah, um, he, he got at our wedding. I should, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story and then I'll think about adding it in. Um, we were after the wedding, we were at the bar, of the hotel, someone made a crack about like my wife wearing her wedding dress still. I don't know why. And he got in their face and he was like about ready to fight them. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> like we need to calm down. Like, it is not that serious. It was an offhand remark. I think they were joking. And also like, like one o'clock in the morning, we're all drunk. Like I appreciate it, but calm down, Phil, calm <laughs> down. Um, but yeah, I just, I really like, I, the one man band thing, I absolutely, it, that is more wizardry. That's like Gandalf esque wizardry to me of like, you know, like he's got pedals and the looping and everything and mixing everything together. Like that's just, I mean, as someone who does it, like that's just like that. I don't, that I don't, I, I can't I even process. Like I can process like if I'm a guitar player, I play the guitar, but I play the guitar, the bass, the drum, the bop, 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 bop. like that's just wizardry. You're you're a wizard. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that song was awesome. I want I want to go back and check out more of his stuff. And yeah, there's so much going on there. As you were, as you were saying, like so many details kind of hidden in that. 
like he's uh, that's the kind of thing where like like listening to his songs like, like he is for sure like so much layering and that's what I love about that that style of music and his music it's just like you really have to kind of sit there and dissect it it's like I love I love records that like yes like I love listening to music while doing other things mm-hmm. I love records that like you make you pay attention you have to sit there and you have to pay attention because you want to like dissect it because you, you like, it can't be this good. How is this, this good? I must understand why this is this good. And there've been a lot of records in my life that are like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I've like, I, I've been listening much, you know, with all the extra time we have nowadays, I've been listening to a lot of new stuff much more actively and finding those kind of like, you know, even if I just have music on, I'll have to like, I'll hear something and have to run upstairs to my room where I put it on my, you know, better speakers and just go, okay, what's happening in this song? Because why did I have to stop and re-listen to it? Yeah, that's, and, and I, 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 so I'm, you know, about to be 38 and I, I feel like I, I've actively in the last couple of years pushed myself to listen to new music. That's why like, I love like finding like stuff like gear stuff and other stuff on TikTok is like you definitely get in the rut of like I'm gonna listen to the same thing a billion times like I'm they're definitely like every year when my Spotify best like, top hundred comes around I'm like this looks shockingly like the the year before like there are some new ones like the like, last year rumor with uh you know got in there but like a lot of songs are the same, and, but like, I really want to push myself. Cause like, I, I don't want to be that, that guy in his thirties. Like they stopped making good music in 2002. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some 41 was the height. <laughs> it wasn't even the height of the time though. No. Now speaking <laughs> of some 41. So now one of the things that you do on your TikTok is that you have a series because you are from Canada. You yes. like, what is, what, you know, what your favorite Canadian band says about you? Like, so the bands like, I, one, I didn't know a lot. I didn't know all the bands. Some of the bands I was like, I've never heard of that band in my entire life. But like some of the bands I thought were just like, that's, that's awesome. That's, yeah. I guess like, I mean, if you had to like rank, like talk with, with you know, Canadian music, you know, because you spent, you know, lots of time, you know, in, in both, you know, America and mm. I guess like, like if you had to do like a top five, like Canadian bands. Uh, I mean, like it's like it. Uh, it's. I mean, that's a that's a question that could get me like actually killed. Because uh, <laughs> it's it's like the um the uh the old Jewish joke. Like if you ask a hundred Jews about what it's like to be Jewish or what it means to be Jewish, you're gonna get a hundred different answers. It's the same thing with Canadians. If you ask a hundred Canadians what it's like to be Canadian or who the top five Canadian bands are, you're gonna get a hundred different answers. Um, I think like most people as as i found out from the comment section in my i did 12 13 parts i can't needed 12 parts um of that series the comment section was every time every time there was someone going i can't believe he hasn't mentioned the tragically hip this is a crime like who is who does this person think they are talking about Canadian music and not mentioning the tragically hip or sorry, I'm I, the hip. Oh, yes, um, the hip. And, uh, this is an affront to Gord, um, which I, and I would just comment, calmly comment, please check part one. They're the first band I mentioned. 
Of course. <laughs> That's the beauty of my TikTok is like when you like enter a series when like, you know, halfway through or like seven parts in. And like, I've seen that. Like I, I, I would look at the comments like, you know, you got to go back to part one. Like you've entered, it's like, you know, going to like, you know, Infinity War or Endgame. Like what's happening? Well, you know, there was about 10 years of backstory here, folks. Let's yeah. rewind things a little bit. Yeah. If you're missing a detail, maybe instead of saying that I'm an idiot, check the other parts. Yeah. And also like the tragically hip are like, yeah, they're kind of big deal. Like, like they're, yeah. they're, they're, you're, like, you're going to mention them at some point. Like, it's just now the one that I, and I, I'm pretty sure I've watched them all. And this, you probably know about this, but I, I, I like, it's definitely obscure to my group of friends here in the States. Moxie Fruvis. Yeah. The one I haven't, I've gotten a lot of comments. Haven't done it yet. I, so like I found out about of them when like in 2002, I think they had already had it retired and I was like, ah, like that's one of the things I absolutely like. I, I love and hate about music. Like when you find a band, you're like, oh, this is great. I want to see them live. Oh no, they've been inactive for a decade. But like, yeah, like I love Moxie Fruvis. Like Moxie Fruvis, uh, King of Spain, um, is one of my happy go-to songs. But the drinking song, mm. absolutely. Like I have a, I have a vision in my head of a because it kind of plays out like a movie, like a short film based on that song. Because it's just such a beautiful song. Like I, like if you if you listen to this and you haven't heard Moxie Fruvis, even though I played it on the podcast, uh, please do yourself a favor. Listen to Moxie Fruvis because they're awesome. They they are. It's yeah, like those songs are songs I grew up uh, with. Like those are cottage songs. Always like cottage memories attached to those. I haven't covered them in that series, and I'm not sure if I will. I'm not sure if I can go back to that series because it's not. Like, you know, the rest of the band has denounced it, but the whole Gian Gomeshi uh, case from a couple yeah. years ago, kind of, yeah. it's hard to talk about the band without talking about Gian Gomeshi. Yeah, and that's, that was a real, as a fan, and then you're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's always a, I mean, obviously a bummer from the fact of what happened, but also like, and you're like, oh, now that kind of. It kind of taints things a bit. Like I'm a fan, but like, and you try to separate things, but no, it's, yeah, it's for me. It was one of those like first instances of like really going like, oh, can you separate the art from the artist? And as you know, the rest of the band of Moxie Fruvis has come out and said like, please, please do not like associate us with him. Um, but it was also one of those moments where I'm like, okay, like yeah, he was. I mean, he was the host of Q. Uh, he was a very prominent figure in a lot of the circles that I grew up in. Um, uh, he was featured at like community gatherings and he lived in my neighborhood. Um, so it was a very like personal thing for me. I'm like, I just don't, I can't, I can't really get it, get too much into that. Can't think about it too much. Yeah. At, at end of the day, like also you don't want to open up a can of worms. Cause yeah. as someone who has much more interaction on TikTok, uh, people can be, what's the word? The worst the absolute <laughs> worst. Um, yeah. cause like I, like I get, I, I have a TikTok. Um, I, I, I fought, you know, making TikToks cause I definitely joined the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic and I didn't want to be like, I'm a 30 year old guy who's going to make TikToks. Cause I tried that with vine and that went poorly. But like, I, I've even had people like, uh, th- like 
come into my like I'm like I'm a guy who's got like a hundred followers and they're probably half bots. Like, what are you hassling me about? Like, why, why are we having this discourse? Like I'm talking about like my podcast that, and I think I wrestling or, you know, just random things. Like I'm not, there are bigger fish to fry. Like, yes, you've called me fat. Congratulations. I've did was unaware up until now. Thank you. (laughs) User eight, five, six, five, two, five, one. Like you win again. No, same, I've had when I was a smaller creator, like I've I had the giant leap a week ago, which was insane. But when I was smaller, like I was posting videos like basically for like 30 people. And I had one that, you know, got a couple thousand views, nothing much. But I showed my full body and compared it to a video, like a photo of me from, you know, five years ago when I wasn't drinking as much and was slimmer and the comments were just filled with like, you did the trend wrong or like, wow, talk about glow down. Oh, that's like, Oh God. People are the worst. I know. Like, okay, now I'm just going to shoot everything from the uh, shoulders up. Yeah. Like if I can just (laughs) go from here. Yeah. Um, So you you, you mentioned drinking and I, I, this is a conversation I've had with a lot of guests. So I'm a fan of white claw. I get a lot of flack for that because for some reason I am not allowed to like white claw for some reason. Do you have an opinion on white claw? Do it's you have delicious. A, it, it, thank you. It's still, it's not my drink of choice, but like, I remember once, I, like, I think I made a couple jokes about white claw once, like, uh, when it was becoming a big thing, because it was just like this kind of thing. Like I don't, it's not the kind of drink for me. I don't like drinking things that don't taste like alcohol because if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna suffer the consequences, I might as well like know what I'm gonna, what I'm in for. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I, I was out one night with some friends and, um, me and like another friend, we like realized we hadn't had, we hadn't tried white claw before. So we went and ordered some and it was delicious. It was like, I was like, I don't know if this would be my go-to drink, but if it was around and someone offered it to me, I wouldn't turn up my nose. Yeah, I mean, it's like Sprite. It, it, to me, it is like, I I mean, I love a good bourbon. I'm, I'm a bourbon guy. I'm a beer guy. I definitely like those. But like, if I'm just like, you know, kind of relaxing and especially in the summertime, like I'll get White Claw Wasted. Now, do I yeah. own a Ain't No ain't no Laws when you're drinking Claws hat and shirt? Yes, I do. Because I <laughs> I leaned into it. I leaned into the gimmick real hard. <laughs> I and love now, that. That's amazing. <laughs> and now like, I'm a white claw guy. It's like, but like, yeah, like, I mean, believe me, I like to like, I like a good bourbon, like my favorite bourbon. So I'm originally from Colorado, um, Breckenridge bourbon. I highly suggest it. It's the, to me, the most smooth bourbon. And it, it sounds like a gimmick, but it really isn't like the, the water they use is melted snow water from mm. the mountains. And it just, oh, like we, we went there to the distillery and my wife doesn't like bourbon. So like every time like they gave her a shot, she gave me the shot. Some of the end, I was like, I was king of the world. This is the greatest thing in my life. But uh, no, like I, well, I guess what is your, what's your drink of choice? What's your go-to? My go-to is usually beer. Um, I am a huge craft beer fan and I hope you don't mind, but I've been having, I've been indulging in my post-work craft uh, when I, during our, our what, conversation. What are you, like, what are you drinking? So this is a burst, a New England IPA uh, by Great Lakes Brewery, but not the Great Lakes, Great Lakes Brewery in uh, Cleveland. This is the one in Etobicoke, oh. uh, which so I, which I think is actually 
started about two years before the Cleveland Great Lakes. Interesting. I want to. So this is Great Lakes Brewery, and I think I think Cleveland is Great Lakes Brewing. Yes, uh, Great Lakes like, Brewing Company, I believe. Yeah, so Brewing Company, and this is just brewery. Nice. Very small difference, but I think just enough that neither can sell across the border. That make that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm a I'm a big fan. Of, I uh, I went to school in Kalamazoo at Western Michigan. So Bell's, um, like I love where, Bell's. Like I mean Oberon every year. I look forward mm. to it. I actually haven't had an Oberon yet this year, which is, uh, I I I feel like I'm a bad Michigander in, in that respect. But um, I mean I love Bell's, um, like Guinness. Even though I've never I I have had like actual Guinness when I'm because in high school we would go up to Stratford and to the um, Shakespeare Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, for with my um, high school um, English class, and they don't pasteurize it there like they do here. Like Guinness, apparently, I've never had Guinness in. I've never been to Ireland. My wife says Ireland Guinness, real Guinness, light years better than the, the stuff you get here in America. Which, like most things, th- things other places are better than they here in America, which I completely understand and yeah. agree with. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean beer. Like, there's like, there's so many different, uh, there's always new breweries. I'm sure where you live, like, yeah. I'm sure down Bowling Green, like, you know, every five minutes, we're a craft beer company that started out of a church. Oh, that was the most like amazing thing for me is I remember when I did my audition, my, you know, one of the questions I asked or uh, my mom asked especially was, where can you go to get a drink around here? <laughs> and turned out there was a brewery in Bowling Green at the time, very small Bowling Green uh, Beer Works. One of my favorite breweries still some of the best IPAs I've had. They do a really fantastic job. And, um, and then since there, since then there was another brewery and there are two breweries that opened up in my second year at Bowling Green, I steer and Arlen's. And uh, there's been one more that opened up in, in Bowling Green. And then you just go to Toledo and there's, you know, Ernest, which is fantastic. And some of the, yeah. like their peanut butter Porter is to die for yeah, um tough. let alone some of their other uh like everyday uh beers um i did uh, a workshop at the university of cincinnati uh in between my first and second year so cincinnati has a fucking amazing beer yeah, scene some ryan guys to like being the top like, oh they, they have so much down there it's yeah ridiculous. uh ryan geist and then um tafts was also like a really great find for me yeah well. um uh, Urban Artifact. I miss Urban Artifact. That was just the weirdest stuff. Um, anyways, Ohio is a yeah. mind-opening experience for me. Oh, no. like, Ohio's got like Ohio and like Michigan, like the Midwest. Like, there's not much else to do, so we have yeah. lots of beer. Yeah, and like, mead. We like to numb <laughs> the pain with with because uh, it's gonna snow here tomorrow. It was seventy like a week ago. Yeah, it's gonna be seventy this weekend. But tomorrow it's gonna snow. So we're it's gonna the same drink. thing in Toronto right now. God, oh, I mean that's like like I complain about winters. Yeah. You lived you're from Toronto. You're from you know the snowy north, the, the great white north. So no, I mean like like Toronto isn't that bad because we're north of the lake. Like you get a lot of the lake effect snow. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I've been to Toronto a couple. Of, I love Toronto. Toronto's an awesome, awesome town. I really, even though I, I, you know, I know there's been a little bit of issue there at the moment, but uh, Toronto is yeah. a, a great town and awesome, just awesome, awesome restaurants. Yeah. So many great oh, restaurants. 
unfortunately can't go to them right now, but you no, no, unfortunately. <laughs> so your next pick again, I, 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 I said that this was a rule, but I cheated a little bit, but I really, I, I liked what I heard. So tell us about Martha Sways. So um, this is the last song off of Andy Schaff's album, The Party. And he said, he's an artist that like, you know, I, we were going to do underappreciated. He's, he's not unknown. He's a fairly well-known uh, uh, artist, at least for people my age in Canada. Um, he's gotten a lot of critical acclaim, but for me, I've recently fallen in love with his music. I just find his lyrics, he's an amazing storyteller. Like if you want to uh, hear someone tell a story, he just, he can devastate you with very few words. He also plays everything himself. Um, uh, the Party is a concept album of just like people's different perspectives at a house party. And so every song you can kind of put your sh yourself in the person's shoes because you, I know I've been there. Um, and like Martha Sways is, is the song that finishes it off and just kind of like, you know, um, being in the moment, but thinking about something else, thinking about the person that you're missing. Awesome. And I, I love a good concept album. I love yeah. like when it's done well. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not, doesn't beat you over the head with the concept. It just, it presents it and lets you live in it. Yeah. So and he's a, he's a master at that. I love it. So here is Martha Sways. again like i and again like, like the idea of like that's such an awesome idea for an album it's such like it's one of those like how is that not done before like that's such an interesting because you ha can have such dynamic oh that's awesome i really I, I always love when i leave a podcast with with like oh like i I call it homework, but like, I just, I want to know more yeah. about it. I, I find these, these, these new artists. I'm like, I must devour all of their work. I must devour their entire discography. And that makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a lot of that today from you and it's, it's amazing. And I just, yeah, I, Eddie Joff is actually interesting. Cause that 
the opposite happened to me. I found out about him about, I think just after that album had come out and I was at a house party and I was flirting with somebody and they were like, Oh, you're a music student. Like maybe you should check out this, this guy. Like you seem like you'd like his vibe. His name's Andy Schaff. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll definitely listen to it. And then they ended up hooking up with someone else. And I'm like, I think in the back of my mind, I went, I'm never going to listen to that person's music. I'm never, <laughs> if they, if they have taste in other, like another person, clearly bad taste, clearly bad taste. Not going to listen to Andy Schaff. And just for like four years, just like avoided it until one day it popped up on Spotify. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, good taste. Very good taste. Very good yeah. taste. <laughs> I was the wrong on that one, but you know, still <laughs> forget them, but still, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, I've, I've yeah. done that. I've done, and actually it's, it's so interesting that that kind of works into my next pick here. So I somewhat similar went, went on a date with someone in college and they were talking about this little band from North Carolina and they kept what they talked about it. And I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, you're really cute. And they're like, and yeah. they talked about it incessantly and then, um, didn't work out. And so I was like, yeah, whatever. And then a couple of years later, uh, the list came out about best artists or best new album. And one of the top ones was I in loving you by the Avid brothers. And since then I've been a huge fan of them. And one of the, Oh, they, they're both making uh, music separate from each other, but Seth Avet uh, has put out a number of albums under Timothy Seth Avet as darling. And I love his voice. I think he's, uh, I mean, Obviously not super unsung because the Avery brothers are a very large band, but his independent or his uh, solo music is just really, really good. It's, you can tell it still has connection to the Avery brothers, but it's different. It's different. It's, um, it is clearly none of these songs. I, well, not clearly. I think they wouldn't work in the, the universe of the Avery brothers, but they are just such an amazing thing. And so, um, and he puts, he puts out so much music. He, like he's a great Instagram follow because he's just always putting out music, always doing covers and just like both, both of the brothers really do a lot. And so this song, um, it's one of my favorites. It is, it appears on a lot of, uh, a playlist. And one of your TikToks that I really love is, I did not know that artists can see what playlists people put their music on. I found that out when I, after I joined TikTok and it terrified me because I've like, got a lot of embarrassing titles. <laughs> I bet. Like, I, I mean, I just, I, I would be so interested. I would almost like want to like message them like, cause like some of them are probably straightforward. Some of them are like, I need to know more. I need context and why my song appears on this. Oh yeah. I, I've, um, going uh, going to Kitchen Waterloo for me, like I've seen, I've seen it on like one of my favorite playlists. I saw it on was um, my life is miserable. So here's my coming coming of age movie playlist, <laughs> or uh, or just like well, guess it's time to drink again. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. This is the vibe I'm going for. I I love you. I want to know who you are. <laughs> like you got it. You you got the vibe. Congratulations. <laughs> I can imagine getting that email. Like wait a minute. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the question is, have you, have you found any, like, this is my sexy time music? No, but I don't think I've written much sexy music. Like that's on my list of things to write. But if any of my songs appeared on a sex playlist right now, I'd be a little concerned. We need to have questions. I have questions. Yeah. And also here's a number to some help. If you just want to yeah. slide that across the table. Of like, <laughs> I mean, I love National Treasure. Don't know Thank if that very- really equates yeah. that, that emotion. Um, 
I mean, Nicolas Cage is a sexy beast, but like, I don't know if I would ever have sex to that song. Well, definitely not me. But if yeah. I was a character that was listening to Isaac Hunter, I don't think that would make it onto the playlist. And we will, you're all tantalized now. I got to hear this song. You will, <laughs> you will, you will. But first we're going to play a fine melody by uh, Timothy Seth Avitt as Darling. Seth. That was so good. My wife at one time, I think the last time we saw them, she asked, like, do you have a favorite Avid brother? I'm like, no. But it's Seth. <laughs> love Scott. I love Scott. We actually they did a, a New Year's Eve show. Uh, we 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 did like the live cast. Mm-hmm. Um been watching a lot of like I, I do love that artists during the pandemic have found like ways to c- keep connected with 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 people and the watch, I've watched a ton of those over the but like that was a fun one, like they they, they it was great because they put on a full concert and then they basically went to their family barn and played a bunch of songs, and like they had like all these decorations and it got a little distracting. I'm like, why is that one balloon moving in a weird way? I shouldn't be noticing that when they're playing, but mm-hmm. ah, big 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 fan. Um, so we'll go into our last picks here, and I think. What I like about our last picks is they are both representative because we've, you know, had a lot of the fellas. We also have the ladies. We love our, yes. our, our ladies when it comes to the singer songwriters. And this one I did not listen to. I followed my rule. So tell us about Joe. So uh, Joe is a song by Haley Hendricks. And I think it was one of the first songs I heard by her. Um, and th- this whole album that it comes from, uh, uh, I need to start a garden. Um, is is just one of my favorites it's been one of my favorites since i first heard it um her voice is really captivating and uh just draws me in she's got such a wonderful tone her lyrics are um heartbreaking and intimate and she's got great imagery um her her writing and guitar playing and all that it was a huge inspiration for me picking like picking up my instrument again and getting back into songwriting because like I just, there was no way I couldn't do it after listening to her stuff. It was it. I wish I could write a 10th of as well, 10% of what she could. 
like, I guess like when it comes to like your influences and we'll, 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 we'll listen to Joe in a moment. Like, I guess like your influences, like what, I mean, like, you know, who are the people that really that, you know, pushed you to want to you know, get into music? I mean, like who, I guess like, you know, if you had to like, you know, someone and what, what kind of, I like to give people, you know, the, the opportunity to do the sales pitch on themselves at the end of the podcast, but like, you, you know, kind of a little preview of that. Like if people, you know, like what is, what is Isaac Hunter? If that was you know, the question I posed to you, like, what is Isaac Hunter? Isaac Hunter is self-deprecating and uh, eclectic, um, nostalgic, and uh, and fun. Um, I've, you know, it's some of my biggest influences. I mean, as as a musician in general, my parents, both my parents are musicians. Um, and both, like my dad comes from, uh, my dad has a, a career as a singer-songwriter and a musician. Um, and my mom was a, a, is a flautist, a music teacher, and did her master's degree in music history. So I had like both the pop music and classical music background growing up. Um, I'd be backstage at a concert one weekend, and then I'd be going to go see Gilbert and Sullivan the next. Um, and I... So that's kind of where I got my start. And then like at, you know, Gabriel Kahane as, as we mentioned, a huge influence for me being able to merge classical and, and pop music. Sufjan Stevens, uh, another songwriter I absolutely adore. John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats um, has, his music's been with me for years and like, you know, through, through good and bad and also inspired me to just like pick my guitar back up and start writing songs again. Awesome. especially with the like volume of songs he's put out i i mean i don't think he's written a bad song well maybe that's a little i'm sure he has at some point i just haven't heard it yeah oh, no, I, and yeah and i thought you know if he can if he can just put as much music as he puts out out then i can at least do that with four songs at a time yeah i know i love i love the mountain goats the mountain goats are um i love them to death uh, as a, a really big pro wrestling fan Beep the champ. Beep the champ I, is so good. It was a way for me to get other, like, other friends into it. My wrestling friends like, hey, you like wrestling? Here's an entire album about it. And it talks about stuff that, like, the nerdy stuff that we love. Oh, you like it? Here's their other stuff. Here is, yeah. and then with, with Sufjan, I never knew about him until I was walking through Amoeba Records in San Francisco, and I saw Michigan. And it had the little town that I grew up in, Remus, Michigan. 500 person town it was on the cover. And I was like, what? no one knows about Remus. It, the 500 person town It is like, it has one stoplight that turns off at 10. Like no one knows about it. I need to buy this. Had never heard a, a note. And I, I remember we, we bought it. I was with a friend, my friend Colin and we listened to it and it was just like, we're not high, but we feel like we are. And it's just yeah. like, Oh God, it's so, I mean, like I, when people talk about it, like everyone talks about Illinois and it's a great yeah. album. Love it. Yeah. I'm partial Michigan. That's where I grew up. Flint is one of the most beautifully heartbreaking songs I have ever heard in my entire life. Like, yeah. There's I, yeah. They're the only other song I can possibly think of that is as, as heartbreaking um, is war on drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, and, yeah. Which is, yeah. One of my favorite songs as well. I, you know, we beating the around the books. I'm gonna say like that. So my my dad, uh, Stephen Page, but that's one of my favorite songs, "Barricade Ladies." Like 
all time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, he was doing shows with orchestra for the last couple of years. And there was, there were a couple of big ones lined up. Um, February, 2020, uh, one of the last concerts I did before everything shut down was conducting the Hamilton Philharmonic with my dad as the, you know, guest artist. So it was all his songs. It was his concert, me conducting the orchestra and, I arranged War on Drugs for orchestra. We have a couple arrangements of it now. Oh my God, that's... And wow. I I can't wait to one day hear it with... Because like, we've done... Uh, we did that in the chamber setup. Like there's a couple different setups that they have. Um, there's like the 12-person chamber ensemble, which was the concert we conducted, I conducted. And there's like a 25-person cha- chamber orchestra. And there's the full, you know, 60-plus piece professional orchestra arrangement. And I've done all three arrangements. I've only heard one of them live. I can't wait for the day when I can hear the full orchestra. That would be absolute. Oh my God. That, that, that song is just, it kills gives me every chance. time. Oh, that like, yeah. I, and I've, I mean, I've seen him uh, perform it with, with bare naked ladies. And um, would, were you at the Kent show like in 2019? I uh, no. Um, Kent, no, uh, no, um, no, I wasn't. No, I did in 2019. I did, um, I was selling merch. Uh, where was it? Um, Syracuse. And then we went to, uh, uh, not fuck. I can't remember the town. Did a couple shows in Michigan, Ann Arbor, uh, and, Oh, I hate that. I can't remember the name of it. Closer to closer to Toledo. I saw his show. Oh, yeah, like Port Clinton. Port Clinton, yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, and I I almost went to that show, but yeah. Um, but no, I, and like that song, like like, and each time I've seen it, it's been a little bit different. But like, I just yeah. like the idea of the orchestra, like, ha, huh, like take all the money, like just yeah. take it all. But no, that'll be that'll be awesome. When when that can happen again, I am I am gonna go see that concert or hopefully conduct it or do something with it. I'm like, it must've been cool. Like to conduct, like, you know, have conduct with, you know, your dad playing and you conducting, that must've been a really fun bonding experience. For, for oh, it was, you. it was incredible. It was, uh, and we've, we've played music together a couple times now. I've done some of his live from home shows. Uh, and you know, he produced my first EP. Like it's, it's been great to, to make music together and his, uh, but yeah, conducting that show was amazing. I mean, first of all, dream come true to be able to conduct a professional orchestra and also, pre- you know, sold out crowd to everyone that's so so excited to be there. Yeah. Um, everyone's screaming Brian Wilson with uh, <laughs> with the orchestra. Like that was awesome. That was that was a, you know, a, I'm glad I could hijack that wave of and uh, <laughs> and and just experience that. That was amazing. That's really cool. All right, so here is Haley Hendrix, Joe, and uh, let's go. Here are 
wow. Yeah, that song just it gives me chills every time. That is wow. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's what I'm listening to tonight when I fall asleep. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, and just like that that line right there, right where you're fading out. I slept like a baby with you in my arms. Like, yes, that I, that is such an incredible way to phrase it. Like, yeah. I I know that feeling. I'm sure you know that feeling. Yeah. And then just like the pain in her voice as she sings this song is so intense. Yes. I I love that, it. That is. I love like, it. Intense, the perfect word. That is an intense, because that 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 lyric, the way she sings it is is of heartbreak, is of not have. Oh my god, that's oh, yeah. I'm gonna listen to a lot and of the that. guitar playing as well. Like, yeah. I just love how she plays guitar. Yeah, no, that's really that's really really good. Wow, awesome. I I I love this show. They I I I love this show. And the, the fact that like one, you you're awesome, and two, that is awesome. That is awesome. That makes me happy. Yeah. This is a nerd out moment for that. Um, I will try to follow up with the best I can. So my last pick is, uh, her name is Jess, God- Jess Godwin. Uh, I found out about her. So um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And one of the podcasts I listen to, Marty and Sarah love wrestling. Um, Sarah Shockey, she's a musician. She, did, she had a, a, a kind of a uh, comedy band called the Shock Tees. And... She did some work with with her with her background vocals on this album. Uh, it is a collection of Jess Godwin's uh, poetry. Uh, so she does some readings and she does some songs based on her her diary and, and poems. And it's just really pretty. It's just really when I say where like I tangentially know both Marty and Sarah. Uh, and obviously fans. And so I wanted to support. So I was like, okay, like, you know, it was on Bandcamp. I'll support it. Cause uh, you know, I like them. I'll support their, their endeavors. I did not expect how I was going to absolutely love it and play it into the ground. Like play, like, like when you love it, like, like, like I'm going to be doing with, uh, with Haley's music, like I'll use, you play it on loop to the point where like you have to put it away because yeah. you don't want to spoil it. Like that is where I got with, with this album. And so it is my favorite song off the album. It is called heroes and villains. Here is Jess Godwin. Even though brightest with angels can fall, even the bravest of giants can crawl, even the strongest foundations can break. Her voice is just so beautiful to me. It's just, yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely. So 
this has been awesome. Like I, I normally w- would save this kind of like geek out moment for like when I go downstairs cause I'm in my attic. Um, like, you know, my wife always asks me like, how did the podcast go? And I'm usually like, it was amazing. I'm going to do it right here. This was awesome. This is such Thank a good you. episode. Thank you so much. This is so much fun for me. I, I've really enjoyed this. Um, so now if people want to follow you on all the socials and they want to interact with, with you and your music, like here is the, the, the time to really plug all ways people can find all of your work. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all as Isaac Hunter page, um, both his username and just my name. It's all up there. Uh, you can find my music on Bandcamp and Spotify under Isaac Hunter um, and Apple Music as well. And uh, I've got more stuff in the works. Uh, I've got two EPs out, my uh, a standalone single, and I've got some more music on the way. Awesome. And like I said, folks, please, 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 you know, streaming is great. Um, I don't know all the inner workings of Spotify. All I know is that Bandcamp would be, let's do Bandcamp. Let's do Bandcamp. Let's do Apple Music. First Bandcamp. Again, first Friday of every month is Bandcamp Friday. All the the artists get 100% of of that. Bandcamp has been awesome. And Bandcamp has been an MVP during this entire thing uh, for so many artists. They've been like, that is something that I've, I've really enjoyed about them. So please, please, please support Isaac and buy his music. And to take us away, I want to play one of my, I think I really like your music. And like some people might think I'm just saying that because you're looking at me right now, but like I really like your music. I really love this song. We kind of teased it before. So uh, again, thank you for being on the podcast open invitation to come back whenever you want. Thank you Um, so much. I'll definitely take you up on that. Perfect. And so here is, uh, it could be your national treasure. Thank you so much, folks. This was a great, great episode. Hopefully you loved it. I did. Uh, We'll see you next week. (laughs) 